Welcome to the Sermon Audio Podcast of Hill Country Bible Church, Georgetown. The podcast bringing you biblical messages that encourage you to put Christ at the center of everyday life. We're here to help you engage in the local church and to invite you into a life that matters through Jesus. If you have any questions about your next step, visit us online at hillcountry.life. And now for today's message. All right, so this morning we're launching into this new series called Mastermind, Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life. And over the next four weeks, what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a look at the mind of the Apostle Paul. And what I love about this guy is that toward the end of his life, if anybody had won the battle of the mind, it was Paul. He had mastered his thinking. But the good news for you and for me is this, it wasn't always that way for him. He battled, he fought through this. Okay, one time he even said, the things that I wanna do, I don't do. And then the things I don't want to do, those I end up doing. Who's going to help me with this? Who's going to deliver me from this? See, Paul battled again and again and again, but he did battle. He did fight and he won. Over time, he mastered his thoughts. Paul was able to do that to the extent that even toward the end of his life, when all of life was stacked against him in a Roman prison, he could write things that were like otherworldly because he had learned to capture the thoughts in his mind. And that's what we're going to talk about in this series. So to set the tone for you, I want to read you the words of the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. He says this, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons that we fight with, see as Christians we have access to supernatural weapons. And the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. That word translated power there, it's the Greek word dunamis. We get our English term dynamite from this. It's the explosive, miraculous power of God. The weapons we fight with have divine power to do what? To demolish strongholds. Now, what's a stronghold? That's not a word that you and I use in our normal everyday language. It comes from a Greek term, okiroma, that means a fortified prison. One commentary said that when you're in a stronghold, you're a prisoner. You're in a fortified prison, but you're locked in that prison by deception. You've believed lies that have put you into that prison, things that are simply not true. That's the stronghold that you're in in life. And so you've got to find a way to get out of that. And who puts you in that stronghold, right? Well, the enemy tries to do that. And what does the enemy do? He tries to shape our thinking one lie at a time to get us to believe things that are not true. So we stay a prisoner. And what kind of things does the enemy often tell us? Well, it varies from person to person, right? Maybe he tells you you can't trust other people. You can't let anybody know the real you. Or or maybe he'll say to you, God doesn't really love you or care about you. God doesn't hear your prayers. You're you're never going to get over it. Your life's always going to be bad. You're always going to be hurting in life. You can't have real intimacy. Whatever it is, the enemy lies to you and lies to you and lies to you. And this is what Paul said. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Anything that is not from God, what does Paul say? We, we demolish it. We crush it. We obliterate it. We crush everything that's not in line with God's truth. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So over the next few weeks, what we're going to learn to do is to recognize these thoughts that are not from God, take them captive, and then make them obedient to Christ. Now, why does this matter? Well, the life that you have today it's a reflection of your thoughts. So if you want to change your life, you got to change your thinking. Change your thinking, change your life. 
Now, what I'd love for us to do as we get started in this series today is I want us to encourage one another. So if you would stand up for me, okay, we're gonna move around a little bit, get some energy out. Okay, I want you to turn to the person next to you and tell them God's gonna change your life. Go ahead, high five them, hug them, knuckle bump, chest bump them if it's appropriate, whatever you need to do. God's gonna change your life. Good, okay, you're good. That's good. Now you seem a little more energetic. I got you alive there. Nice little trick. All right, who's ready for a little bit of God's word this morning? Anybody ready? Okay. All right, I want you to write this down as we get started. This is very, very important. This is our key thought for the series. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Let me say that again. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. You know, I love the Old Testament, Proverbs 23, 7. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As you think, so you become. And I would say, if you think you can't, (laughs) you can't. If you think through the power of Christ that you can, you probably can. Right, if you believe that you're a victim, always suffering at the hands of some outside circumstance, you will be a victim. If on the other hand, you think that through Christ you can overcome, you can overcome. I mean, if you're always looking at and dwelling on the problems, your problems will overwhelm you. If instead you say, you know what? I'm gonna look for solutions through the power of God. You'll find solutions and you'll see God working. I mean, what do we know about our thoughts? In almost every situation, most of life's battles are won or lost up here, people. They are won or lost in the mind. The mind is the battlefield. Some of you who are children of the 80s thought love is a battlefield, thanks to Pat Benatar, okay? I'm I'm telling you, the mind is the battlefield. It's a battlefield between God's truth about you and the enemy's lies to you. It's a war between God's truth and the enemy's deception. So to build a foundation for this series, what I wanna challenge you to do is to think about what you think about. Think about, maybe over the last few days, what it is you're thinking about. You can kind of think of this as a thought audit. And I want to give you three different extremes to think about, three different scales to consider. These are on your notes, okay? Check this out. We'll start with this, worried thoughts versus peaceful thoughts. Now think about honestly where you are in that whole spectrum of worried thoughts versus peaceful thoughts. I wonder how many of you, you're you're worried about your children. You're worried about your grandchildren. You're worried about the future. You're worried about a job. You're worried about money. You're worried about health. You're worried about how long I'm gonna be preaching this morning, whatever it is, right? I mean, you just worry, worry, worry. You're just constantly worked up about different things versus those who have a peaceful mind, right? They just lay down their pillow, go right to bed, right? Restful nights, not anxiety. Now, where are you on that spectrum? Is your mind characterized by worry or more by peace? Let's talk about another one. Let's contrast a negative mindset versus a positive mindset. Which one are you, honestly? Where are you in this? Are you generally negative, critical about people? Can you believe she wore that? Who does she think she is, right? Can't believe he walks in here acting like that. I mean, do you find fault easily? Are you discontented? Do you kind of believe that life is just always hard and it's just gonna get worse? Are you generally negative or do you see the positive in life, in people? Life is generally good. I believe in the goodness of God. He's with me. He's for me. He said he's going to work things together for good for me. Are you more negative in your mindset or more positive in your mindset? 
And then finally, let's talk about a worldly versus an temporal kind of mindset, a worldly versus an eternal mindset. You've got the worldly kind of focused here, temporal mindset, and then you've got the eternal heavenly mindset. Right, which one do you lean towards as you think about life? Do you consider yourself thinking a whole bunch about this world, right, what I get, what I want, what I have, like where I live, how I dress, what I look like, my bank account, what benefits me? Or do you find yourself thinking more about God, more about eternity? How can I love God better? How can I love people? How can I give to others? How can I serve others? How can I use my life to bring glory to God? So you gotta think about what you think about because your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Let me say that again. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So what that means, in other words, is whatever comes into your mind, it ends up coming out in your life. No matter what you do, what you have, what you know, what you buy, where you live, where you travel. You can't have a positive life when you have a negative mindset. See, what you think about matters. Let me say it again. Your life's always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So question, are you excited about where your thoughts are taking you today? Think about this. I mean, if your life's moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts, are you satisfied? Are you blessed? Are you excited about what's going on in your thought life? You know, for me, the answer is not always yes. I'm going to be real transparent with you. I hope you don't leave the church and think I need counseling, okay? Stay in the church. I probably do need counseling. That's a different story. But I am a real person just like you. And a lot of times in my life, my thoughts up here, they're not always rosy and cheerful, right? I mean, on Sundays, I can have positive, faith-filled thoughts, right? God's Spirit fills me up when I preach. The only problem is the three days before I preach and the three days after I preach, okay? So often, my, my thoughts can get out of control. There's a battle going on up here. The mind is a battlefield, and I know it. But I've learned how to fight this battle. It's a battle between my old self, my flesh, the Spirit of God living inside of me, and a very real spiritual enemy who can attack my mind. And there are days when I'm on top of it, man, I am spirit-filled. I'm feeling 100% strong and confident. And then there are days when I am down, discouraged, wrestling, battling. The battle is real, and I'm telling you, it's all up here. And so recently, this has become like the number one area of prayer and focus for me. Right? I've been focused on this. I've made some big improvements. I still got a long way to go allowing God to renew my mind. All right, but I'm learning how to do that. I've learned some very practical tools that we're gonna be talking about in this series. And they can help you retrain your mind off of the enemy's lies and toward God's truth. And if you apply these, it'll completely change the trajectory of your life. And let me just tell you this, this applies to almost every aspect of life. Marriage, finances, your joy or lack of joy. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So what I want to do is I want to give you two very simple things to work on today. And the first one is this. You might write this down. Identify the number one stronghold that's holding you back. Again, what's a stronghold? It's a prison that you're locked in through deception. So you got to figure out what is the lie? What's the deception? What is the enemy using to keep you from living the life God wants you to live? And maybe you hear in your self-talk, you know what? I'm never going to be good enough. Or maybe the enemy whispers to you, you know, your past is too bad. God can't ever use you. Or maybe you think, I can't trust people. Can't let people get close to me. After what they did to me, you can't trust anybody. I'm never going to be in a job that I love. 
You know, all my relationships, no matter how hard I try, they fall apart. What is that number one lie, that number one stronghold that's holding you back? And why is this so important? Well, it's important because of this. Whenever we have a thought, our brain literally redesigns itself around that thought. There is a changing chemical makeup going on in the brain. Every single thought that you have, there's a neurochemical change that happens in your body. So let me give you an example of this. If you have a positive thought in life, did you know that your body rewards you with a legal drug called dopamine? Some of you just woke up like, did he just say dope? <laughs> hey, dopamine, all right? It's a legal hit, a legal little quick thrill, a high. You've all experienced this, okay? You hear some good news, dopamine, right? Somebody you like comments on your Instagram post, dopamine, right? Someone says, ooh, you're looking good today, dopamine, right? My wife says, I'm thinking about you. Come home. Dopamine, all right? It's a little bit of a chemical high that happens. A quick thrill, right? And your brain is saying this. When it gets that dopamine, you know what your brain says? Man, that's a good thought. Let's think that thought again. Let's experience that again. And what happens is the more you think a certain thought, the more your brain is creating what scientists call neural pathways in your brain. And I heard it described like this. Your brain creates a path, kind of like if you walk across grass nonstop in the same place. You're creating a path across that grass. And the more you think a thought, the easier it is to think that thought again because the pathway is clear. In fact, if you think a thought enough, that thought becomes a default thought or path in your brain. So if you tell yourself you don't have enough over and over and over again, you create a pathway where it's easier to think that you're never going to have enough. You've created a negative neural pathway. And in order to change your thinking, you have to change the path your thoughts travel on. So let me give you an example of this. If all I have is a negative pathway in life, I have to say, wait a second, that thought is not helpful. It's not productive. It's not coming from God. And so I've got to take that thought captive, okay? And I'm going to say, you know what? I'm not going to keep thinking that thought. I'm capturing that thought. I'm going to choose a different thought. I'm going to walk this way. I'm going to create a new path. And then what happens over time is this. If you continue to travel the unhealthy, unhelpful pathways, they just become clearer and clearer and easier to keep going down. All right? That's what happens. But if instead you say, you know what? I'm not going to travel that way anymore. I'm going to stop traveling that way. Over time, the grass kind of grows up over that pathway, and it's not as easy to go that way. It's not as desirable. It's not as appealing and what you're doing is you're creating new, healthy, God-honoring pathways over here. And suddenly, God's default, God's truth becomes the default in your mind, okay, instead of the enemy's lie. Does that make sense to anybody? If you're with me, say, I'm with you. <clears throat> okay, I'm with you. Okay, good. Hopefully so. So what are we doing? We are creating these God-honoring neural pathways in our brain. That's what we're doing. And so, for example, if you have a frustrating day at work, and you come home and there's just chaos everywhere with the kids. And you just go, you know what? I'm just going to yell at the kids, right? And every day when that happens, you yell. Well, you're creating a pathway that says, when there's chaos, I yell. And so you've got to capture that thought and say, that's not healthy. That's not God honoring. And then you've got to change your thinking. So maybe for you, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's, you know, I'm going to stop here and I'm going to count to 10. Maybe you need to count to 500 for some of you. Whatever it takes, all right? And then you pray a prayer. You walk in. You hug your spouse, you embrace your kids, and you're creating this new neural pathway. Or 
whenever your mind says, you know, I don't feel good about myself. Let's eat, okay? Well, there's a clear pathway between a bad feeling and the refrigerator. I don't feel good. Ice cream is the solution, right? Well, you got to capture that thought and say, no, actually, when I don't feel good about myself and then I eat, what I'm doing is I'm compounding that unhealthy negative pathway, that unhealthy thought about myself. So I can't keep traveling that way. I got to travel a new way. And maybe the next time around I eat something healthy or I go for a walk or I exercise. And then you feel better. You get a little dopamine. Your body rewards you for doing the right thing. And over time, that pathway grows over and it's not as easy. It's not as appealing to keep going there. And you're creating new, positive, healthy pathways. So how do we change our lives? We change our thinking away from the lies of the enemy and we retrain our thinking with the truth of God's word. Now, what does scripture say about this? Very, very clear. Look at Romans 12, 2. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay, look at that first part. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. You know, I could say it this way. Do not conform to the pathways of this world. Don't think like the world thinks. Don't live like the world lives. Instead, be transformed, be changed. And how are we transformed? Well, it says right here, by the renewing of your mind. Science would say you're rewiring your brain. God's word would say you're renewing your mind. So my assignment for you is this. Identify that number one stronghold in your life that's holding you back. What is it for you? Just one, but this is so important. You have to define it. Okay, you've got to define it. And maybe for you, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's, you know what, I'm just not lovable or I'm not worth it or I'm never gonna be good enough. I don't deserve anything good. I'm always gonna be broke. I can never be close to God. You know, I can never have real relationships with people. Whatever it is, name it. You cannot defeat what you do not define. Give it a name. It's a lie the enemy's using to hold you hostage. You're imprisoned. So name it. And then we're going to attack it, okay? So identify that one stronghold. Then the second thing we're going to do is this. You've got to name the truth that demolishes that stronghold. What is the truth? We're not going to travel that old, unhealthy, unhelpful pathway. Instead, we're going to say, you know, that's a lie, and this is the truth. So this is the path I'm going to travel. Let me illustrate this for you. A true story a guy shared uh, he and some friends were goofing around. They were playing kind of a combination of capture the flag and tag. And one of his friends was in a closet and he knew it. And so he kind of leaned against the closet door, held the handle just like this, right? And was pressing against it. Hey, I know you're in there, buddy. And guess what? I'm putting a chair underneath this door. You're never getting out, okay? And his friend starts banging on the door, yelling at him. Just sitting there, bang, 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 yelling, let me out, let me out. And what really happened was he, he just walked away, Okay. He didn't put a chair in front of the door. He didn't lock the door, nothing, right? The guy could have just turned the handle and walked right out. He stayed in there for hours, okay? Never once tried to turn the handle, not realizing he could get out. And then three hours later, he escaped by crawling through the ceiling tiles and crashing down to the ground in another room. True story. Folks, some of you, you are locked in a prison and you don't even realize that the only lock on the door is a lie. It's not locked. You got to identify that lie, then identify the truth. There's a truth that'll set you free. Let's go back to our text, 2 Corinthians 10. 
Paul said this, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds, to demolish the lies of the evil one. So what do we do? Paul says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You know, I love this term, take captive. It comes from a Greek word that means to arrest or seize with a sword or a spear. It basically means to capture at sword point. Now, the reason I think this is really cool is if you know about the Apostle Paul over in Ephesians chapter 6, he talks about this spiritual armor that we have to do battle against the forces of darkness. And every piece of armor is defensive except one. Right? You, you've got the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, you've got the shield of faith, the belt of truth, the shoes prepared with the gospel, the readiness of peace, all defensive. But there's one offensive weapon we have. It's called the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, the truth of God. So what we're called to do is to, at sword point, capture the lies. Capture those lies and just declare, you know what, that is a lie. I'm not buying that. And then we call out the truth. We say, this is the truth. This is what God says about me. And therefore, that's what I'm going to believe. Right? We take captive every wrong thought. I'm not going to walk that negative pathway anymore. I'm going to let that grow over. And then we replace it with God's truth. I'm going to carve out a new healthy pathway. And I'm telling you, the more I walk in God's truth, what happens is the more I believe it, the more he renews my mind, the more he changes my thinking, the more I'm able to walk by faith and not by sight, and the more his spirit guides and empowers me to do everything he's called me to do. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. What comes into your mind comes out in your life. So question, if we're called to capture these wrong thoughts, what is your number one stronghold? What is your negative thought? What is holding you back? You know, I thought about this for me. The number one thought for me, man, it goes all the way back to my childhood. Quite frankly, it's insecurity, right? You're never gonna be good enough, Brian. I've gotta try harder. I'm not good enough. I've gotta try harder. I'm not good enough. And then over the years, it's kind of matured that no matter how hard you try, you fail. You're not gonna make it. There's no way, you know? If you, if you succeed at church, you'll fail at home. If you succeed at home, you'll fail at church. You can't meet everyone's expectations. They all want to meet with you. Can't meet with everybody. You always let people down. You try and try and try. You're never good enough. And the reason that lie is so powerful is because there's truth in it. There's truth in it. The truth is, on my own, I can't pull it off. On my own, I am not good enough. But the real truth is, I'm never on my own. Right? God is always with me. His almighty, powerful spirit dwells within me. And I have the truth, right? I've got the sword of the spirit, the word of God. I have the truth, which is powerful and effective. And the more I start to recognize that, the less I'm likely to get on that wrong path. And the more I'm likely to stay on the right path, to carve out new paths. And to realize, you know what? I have the time, I have the resources, I have all the power I need to do what God has called me to do today. You know, that's the truth from God's word. 2 Peter 1.3, look at this. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. I'm just gonna personalize that. God's divine power has given me 
everything I need to live a godly life. I have everything. And the more I walk in God's truth, the clearer that path becomes, the easier it is to continue to travel that way. And the more God's truth becomes the default. So when Satan starts to say to me, no way, you can't do that. Oh, yes, I can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And, and I don't know what it is for you, but you've got to figure this out, people. What is it for you? What's the lie? And then where's the truth? You know, maybe you say, I can't get it all done. I can never, I can never. God says, when you are weak, he is strong. Now, I'm, I'm not attractive. I, I, I just, I'm not any good at all. God says, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. But you know, you know I'm just miserable. I'm always going to be hurting. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. But, but, but I'm always going to be alone. God says, no, I'll never leave you or forsake you. But I'm just a victim. I can't overcome. I'm always going to be addicted. I've been addicted for years, for decades. The Bible says what's impossible with man is possible with God. So let me close with this. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. What comes into your mind comes out in your life. And you cannot have a positive life when you have a negative mindset. So what do we do? Well, first of all, we identify the lies and capture those. And then we replace them with truth. Jesus said this in John 8, 32. Then you will know the truth and the truth will what, people? Set you free. Set you free. You know, at the end of your outline, I've included a little link. I would encourage all of you, go online. Okay, take a look at this. It gives you God's truth to counter whatever the enemy's lies may be in your life. And let me just close with this. Really important. Listen to me, okay? Don't stay locked in a prison when Jesus has already unlocked the door. Don't stay locked in a prison when Jesus has already opened the door. The truth will set you free. Let's pray. Lord, as we begin this series and we begin to talk about the fact that our life is always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts, it's going to be so important for us in the days and weeks ahead to figure out what is that stronghold? What is that lie that's keeping us from moving forward? It's keeping us imprisoned, and we know that there's a solution for that. But if we don't identify that lie, if we can't figure out what it is that continually deceives us, then we're not going to be able to move forward. So God, I pray for my brothers and sisters here that through your Holy Spirit, you would help them to identify the lie and then to match up the truth of God's word that overcomes that, that helps them to be free, that blows up that lie, that demolishes that stronghold. And God, I pray that in our lives, when we begin to see ourselves carving out unhealthy pathways, when we see ourselves walking down these negative thoughts, these self-defeating thoughts, whatever it may be, maybe it's a struggle with drinking, maybe it's a struggle with food, maybe it's a struggle with lust, whatever it may be, that we would stop ourselves in our tracks and recognize, I don't wanna keep clearing this pathway. I don't want to keep going down this road because every time I go down it, it just becomes easier and easier to think these unhelpful thoughts. And instead, God, that we would back up and begin to carve out a new pathway. 
And Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters that they would not grow weary in this because it's not gonna happen overnight. This takes days, weeks, months, years to carve out these paths. But God, it's a truth that is so, so powerful. Science would say that we are in many ways kind of rewiring our brains. Your word says we're renewing our minds, the exact same thing. So God, I I pray that we would also be prepared knowing that it may be a lie that's just coming from our flesh. We've heard so many times or we may get that lie reinforced through the things of this world, the people around us, what we watch, what we listen to. Or it could be coming from the enemy himself just attacking our minds. But we have to be prepared for those lies. We have to counter with truth. So I pray that as we go through this series, we would learn what it is to master our minds through the power of your Holy Spirit. It's in Jesus' name we pray.